the review. Audio is acceptable. <laughs> In case it wasn't obvious, that was Harrow's imitation of a referee after a VAR check. We want to apologise for the quality of the audio, but it was a live recording, so that is why it is not the best far post episode you've ever heard but we hope that you can still listen to it and enjoy it because we had so much fun down at Yuli's with everyone uh, for the live episode. Beautiful to see it, full supreme, and the atmosphere was incredible. I think that was 
Anyway, that's very good for anybody. So like you were called back to the block Anyway, going for our democracy, it's what we actually need to talk about some of the games. We've had our five weekly games of the tournament. So we're going to start, because we are an Australian women's podcast, the women's football podcast rather, with the Chile's third place game. And I will say, while you guys were like talking about the island, I was like, we haven't talked about the boss now. That kind of sucks. I want to get the people up and going first. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we need to get up Yeah, 
Sorry, who are they? I, I don't recall seeing them at all. <laughs> <laughs> who? Exactly, and it's and it's a shit. Hindsight's It's an incredible tournament, and I felt a little bit to it. 
kind of points to some of the critiques that have come up about the, the coaching throughout the whole tournament and yeah, that kind of thing of utilizing the theme starting eleven. I don't know. Half of me feel a little bit the trade is too strong to learn, but like maybe you can sort of get frustrated at kind of, you know, buying into the game change narrative and then not seeing it actually play out in front of us and not seeing Tony himself buy into that narrative. And so it does make me feel a little bit uneasy moving forward as to what things I take at face value and what things I don't. And that's, I'm not trying to be dramatic with that. And I understand this is also his first tournament. Well, it was but his first World Cup as a head coach, and so that's got to be a learning curve. Uh, but yeah, at the same time, there is just things that we wouldn't have learned had we not gone to a World Cup in the So that's just, I guess it is part of it, but I feel like we've learned that the snap decision making is maybe not as strong suit. Yeah, <laughs> but again, Yeah, just give it the payment to Kennedy and I, if you really want to give a chance to But it's only sad that, I'm not sure if I'm going to ask him, but 
Is that coach leg or player leg? 
because I would have thought it was more coach led. Well, that's a good question. So the question maybe they don't understand the Is that coach led or player led? I think it's both. I would say it's both. Yeah. Um, we all had seen over the course of the last probably year that there have been some coaching decisions to use Stanford sparingly in order to see what it would look like. Yeah. So again, the warm up game against against uh, France and Melbourne, for example, the only goal came which was off field. So yeah. Okay, and I think the really valuable thing that the tourists can take as a team from this is that they actually know how to play without it now. Mm-hmm. And we saw the effect that she had when she came back on when she started against England, when she started against Sweden, and they kind of reverted back to, oh, Sammy's back on the field, so let's just give it to her and hope that something happens. And again, it's a good idea, because she's extraordinary. And going back to that goal, yeah, going back to that goal, like, if anyone has seen the stats of it, it was the longest goal that was scored in the World Cup. And it also had an XG of 0.03. Like, you don't, no one scores that kind of thing. It's once the blue moon kind of goal. Of course, she does that wrong. Um, but it's those moments that make you kind of think, well, she's so polite, we can just give it to her, she can basically do anything. And mentally, for the, uh, the rest of the team, I think that really did have an effect. And so, when you look at you know, the, the role of someone like Mary Fowler, or the role of someone like Kate Ford or Hank Grasso, I kind of think they started to dip the more that Sam Kerr started to rise. And that's an interesting dilemma to have going forward for me. Um, but what I'm really heartened by is that the players themselves actually know that they can do this without her. I don't think they let the balls. They had to go through this to really understand what their capabilities were. And so going forward, Yes, Sam Crow's extraordinary. Yes, she was the face of the home tournament. Yes, she's the face of the Matilda. She's the captain, she's the leader. So many that we've talked about, but she is not the Matilda's. The Matilda's are the Matilda's. And that was a really important lesson for all the players to learn. Yeah. Next one is how to play with her again. And not put it all on her shoulders. Yes. Yeah. That's the thing. Um, and yes. she's always been very vocal about it. She, 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 she knows she's a star, she's a captain, she's a leader, all these things. But she's a winner, above all, and they will feel things about this month. This is something they will have learned. Team comes into it, of course. They should not be like anything very fast and steamy as well. Um, I want to tell her she had fun, so I want to play Mary Calories, the creativity of boys. Um, she's really back to where when she's got 15, 16, she's like, oh, no, let's play in the world. And uh, she's sort of really backed away from that and, you know, like just mature and keep about like, she really does potentially be one of the best players in the world. She's got the skill sections, got the middle of the head and her shoulders, and um, I think that she is stronger, and, you know, plays immensely with yourself. Already, she she can play. Play. Oh, yes. 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 Some kind of thing on fire. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. an interesting thing. Yeah. Um, speaking to both, and Claire, well, Claire, so obviously, you should not talk about what you should do next. Like, I'm not part of Claire, and it's yeah. Vince's championship. You go to, she's the best centre-back on the market, right? So, um, and I'll be shocked if she didn't pick her. She's the right age as well, 24, 25. Interesting talking to both KJ and Trina Goretti about this pre and during the time with Iris. She makes the move is going to be the right one. She's a confidence player, she's going to have a lot of game time, playing alongside experience with her. She played alongside Kane and Hannaby, and then 
obviously more recently, we've seen the combination with Trina Gorey. The feedback I've got from both of is we know what talent she is, she can be one of the best people in the world, right? But it's doing it the right way. I wouldn't be shocked if, say, she did something new to her. Like a Chelsea or it's a big popular one, right? Or an Arsenal that slowed back to a handy would be a really astute move as well. Because it's all about needed in each lane. We don't want her to be sitting on the bench, losing confidence, playing pick and minutes every two matches. She, she needs to be playing, she needs to be confident in the environment. Because at the end of the day, we're talking about someone who's trying football and not to go for a great arm, you know, they need to be playing, right? Like, Maybe young players need to be getting minutes in their legs. That's how they improve. Um, we saw that with Charlie Grant, it's such a shame that we didn't see more of it as World Cup. And she improved by getting that load within the switch limit and playing, playing, playing. That's, that's the way the um, players was really pushing about their career getting better. So I think the big group will come for Sam, but I think it's done. And it's the same with Mary Gala too. She needs to get minutes at City now, which is going to be really difficult because they've got so much talent. Yeah, I'm so if she's not playing early in the season, loads of something she might well have to look at as well, with things like the Olympic and the qualifiers and potential campaign on the horizon. These young players, I'd be able to talk about it after the match, but we never the same. We really benefited from playing a lot of Leicester. These these players just need minutes, and that's how it really hurts. Yeah, and the whole team will be better for that. Yeah, and then we'll see something that's getting caught on because they actually get their name up in the lights. Now it's actually, I guess, more game time at club level, and then you can't make arguments against playing someone that's in form and doing the thing. That's, that's going to be really interesting to see going forward. When you have a new final ball, yeah, I agree. I, yes. No, no, it's well said. You know, she can get a good move to Penzi Arms. She should stay at West Ham and just keep facing lots of really good players all the time, and she's thriving in that environment. Um, she's she doesn't need to become, uh, you know, go to a Chelsea or go to one of the other yeah. top WSL teams. It actually suits her right where she is right now, playing every week, clean number one goalkeeper, face a lot of shots. Yes. Right. Yeah, I think she's in great position. So it's a lot of credit for what she had as well. Alright, let's move on to the other game that's another one. It was just the um, Women's World Cup final. As you may or may not know, the same one, like Neil, they're doing it. It's a story for the English fans, you know. Got me that into the second half. The first half was not 
and like home about a bunch of but it's so frustrating. I don't know, I find it hard to watch this Spanish side at the moment because of all the things happening off the field. Uh, it is their song and it's just they play such exciting football that it's nice to watch and they brought that for this game. And uh, yeah, it was a I was kind of skeptical that they started Sarah on uh Yellow, you know, something like But I mean it paid off for them. Uh, on that note without being a seven yard, the team all the way and that would have changed I think the of complexion of the game. So I know there was some thoughts and I knew there was um the the wrapping appointment and wrapping time is been doing it as well. But yeah, yeah um, it did feel like people could get back into it, but my kind of thought process watching the game is they can get a goal back, but I don't see that they would be able to pour their way and uh, like push out of um, extra time. And yes, same with his dominant. Very, very good. Uh, seems there were some good moments in that as well as I really rate Lauren Penn, but I think and she was probably the one that showed up the most. And again, I was asked about this um, in the parents after the game about, I wouldn't have to she like the fact that she took a bit tune and Russo off and put on Kelly and Trump. Um, but Chloe Kelly, she's, I think she, they really seem to show a bit more that she came on. She has Australia goal here, but it's obviously held on to the crossbar. 
Um, but yeah, obviously the, the goal happens and you feel for poor losing bronze. The underrated card now is we talk so much about Bombardier and what the threat she is in terms of her vision and her passing. But it's her dispossessing losing bronze that starts yes. everything here. And it's worked out with, you know, you see the sensational ball and two Mariano involved. So many good players get involved. It's just a wonderful finish. Um, by Olga Carmona, who really needs to know block lettering is the key. If you get it right, oh, I'm just don't use a fine line up. Yeah, you've got like George Clark like, pulling up different hour images, different players, what has she written here um, and what does it mean? Apparently, the friends and others that she was paying attention to. Anyway, they were all open, I thought. Um, I think it's really like the right choice um, in the formation change at half time and it gave him some much needed uh, yeah, energy, it, it sparked them, it gave them a bit more control, but uh, obviously the today came off and we saw, we saw Jane couldn't get on the ball, but he couldn't have the same angle, Cody Kelly was quite close, and they really should have got something back that one, I think it was about nine or ten minutes into the second half when Kelly gets the ball in the back post, and one of them probably should score um, yeah. Yeah. But to be fair, Spain should have put it away with the Jenny and most of them And all the people who were talking about Mary Earps and how close was she to coming off her line. From the view we had, so the context started, when you're in the press, you really do get a sweet spot. You're right on the halfway line. And what we can see, Jenny and most of them put the ball away right at the front of the penalty spot. And a couple of others were picking off constantly about it. And our friend Tori was just like, whatever, whatever, don't care, whatever. So, yeah, it was always happening with that kind of recognition where she'd be one of the worst penalties I've ever seen. Like, full credit to Mary Earth for saving it, but she must have saw that head coming and been like, this is it. Just for me. I'll go with that. Just quickly, Mary Earth, celebration. A big, like, fuck off. Yeah. Yeah. We're already into the night, I just love that so much. They're like pretty consistently as well. Like, that one, the Sam Kerr off side chance, the other night, just gave it a big one. So, I. I really like that. You have been thinking who you are, I am. You know, it's weird though, like, England had these chances to get in the game, but I never actually felt like they were going to get back in it. I felt like I was waiting for it to finish. Yeah, it felt like Spain. Once they scored that first goal, Spain, it surprised me because I think. I thought the game would maybe go the other way. He would score early and they were so well drilled that they'd be able to work their way through it. Just, you know, grind it out, really frustrated the way they did with Australia. Um, I mean, for Australia, literally from the sound of their screen, let get back in the game, right? But they just sliced up. Like, Spain's possession was one foot away, they moved the ball. Um, they went toe to toe physically as well, which was, was really impressive. Um, <laughs> Not totally huge on Billy Bright. I know it happened in the Euros. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Billy Bright getting thrown forward to me. I, I always think it's a seven alarm and he gets thrown. Billy Bright was the seven alarm and he goes up top. You're like, yeah. are you all out of ideas in 10 periods out there? That's the vibe that gives me. But he does have the biggest bumps in the entire world. So, <laughs> yes. But when we're all on the bumps, they were lucky. Mostly she was running around leading the line, not being able to do a whole yeah. Um, But yeah, to me, it just felt like. Most of the games, Spain have got this, and I was surprised they scored more. They did fluff a couple of really good chances. Redondo, Ariel, also stuffed up one as well. Like, obviously, Jenny and I have a penalty. They, they could have won this by more, as much as we go, oh, I had the ch
they just controlled the game. And, mm. yeah. They were just such. What was most frightening to me is this wasn't even Spain's best team. No, <laughs> it's their B team. Yeah. And that's how easy they made it look. Yeah. You know, actually, all of the players who were actually the best players in Spain had been beat by the yeah. Like, it wouldn't have been in the contest. So, yeah. um, and that's probably a good segue into like the feelings of this game because you know, as soon as full time, I mean, before, I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> before even the opening whistle sounded, there were boos. This is on. This is on. There were boos. People were booing Jorge Builder whenever his name came up on the screen, when his photo came up on the screen, when he was filmed. And you can't really talk about Spain without talking about this stuff, right? Yes. <laughs> it's, not, it's not a thing that happens just in the background of the pitch. It affects everything that you see, it affects the, the relationship between the players. And it affects the way in which they have been able to rally around each other, the playing group, yeah. while also acting separately from the coaching staff. And we saw that at the end of the game, didn't we? Yeah. yeah. It was two it was two separate yeah. teams. Yeah. It was yeah. the players all rushing into the field to go and cut their teammates. And it was the coaching staff over here, all having themselves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For the way that this has all happened. But then you had Sam later on, the scene where they're throwing him up in the air, some of the players as well. So yeah, it just yeah, shows how complex. It is, yeah. For those yeah. who are in our preview pod with Craig McCoy and Alex, so I don't just here tonight. Uh, it's it's not not Actually, like, there are a lot of these issues. I really think you can still go back and listen to it. Don't listen to the prediction about our Spain win. I just don't, don't listen to that bit. <laughs> but the rest of it is the issues like there and complexities of this. Yeah. This issue uh, are really important. I'm sure playing people have read up and explained us about it. But the layers in terms of the yeah. players that stepped away, the players that have chosen to stay away, those who said, you know, put themselves more into selection again and have been overlooked, and those who have obviously stepped up and were selected <laughs> in place, even things like the champion accuracy and that sort of thing. There's a lot of very significant layers to this in terms of player power and the power of coach. And then we can also mention the people that also. In terms of the players that have benefited from the situation, in terms of the players who are trying to come back because they accept some conditions, there are so many layers to this that it's hard to see where everyone sort of sits through players. And obviously, most of the staff I did want to talk about most much in the mix, so a lot of them they really did crystal when people um, asked about it and you know, effectively tune of like, you know, this is the best kind of Who were originally part of that boycott 
part of Block 15, particularly the players from Barcelona, who have chosen to come back yeah. and have now won the World Cup, knowing what they know, mm. and now having to face their teammates when they get back. Yeah. How must they be feeling? I was, I was watching Alexia Pateas in particular game, and the way in which she moved around that field, the people that she went to, the people who she ignored, was very telling. This is someone who is the biggest star, not just in Spain, but arguably in world football. This is someone who is the captain of Barcelona, someone who is one of the most senior veteran players in Spain. It didn't really get much of a look in in this tournament. No. She has pretty much already been replaced. Yeah. And we yeah. saw the way in which she was replaced at the start of 11 yeah. in this final by this young emerging star, 19 years old, who now has three World Cups to her name in the space of what, two years. So I really feel for those players. I feel for those players who were caught in the middle of this. Yeah. Because on the one hand, for someone like Mateus, this is probably her last World Cup. Yeah. You know, she's getting older. She's obviously not back to full fitness after ACL. This might have been her only chance to actually win this team. And she is one of the best players of all time. She deserves this, right? As do so many of these players, they're excellent. But how do you square that morally with stepping away from something which needs collectivity and community to really have power? So I, I feel for them, I feel for Mateus, I feel for some of the players, Naruna Caldente, who laid off the ball for the goal. I feel for the players who have had to weigh up their own personal journeys with what it means to step away from a moment so crucial for the collective. Yes. Anyone here who has followed the Matildas for a long time knows that in 2015, the Matildas went on strike. They were the first national sports team to do so. They did it collectively, aside from Lisa Devanna, and she was kind of made into a bit of a martyr because she stepped away. And that strike had such significant ripple effects that it led to equal pay, it led to equal standards, it led to equal access to resources. So these moments really matter. And that's the thing that worries me about Spain going forward. Yes, winning the World Cup will do great things. It will inspire generations to take the game. It will hopefully lead to more funding. It will do what it needs. But like culturally, cover over. What does this do? I think it's important to note that they already played in the World Cup. Matildas that year. That's, yeah. That was the difficult thing for these Spain players. You alluded to the Matildas like, suddenly players football short, right? So you, you can see they've been put into this position in all this space for a very short amount of time. And unfortunately, solidarity and the idea of the collective is what has been extended, I suppose, or so put away or shattered, whichever way you want to put it. Um, say the legacy of the only individual thing, which is where the group has really been put in there, where, where do these players go to from here? Do they say, well, we won our World Cup, and oh, hey, we can't, we can't, and it's getting difficult nationally, and we can't, we can't, we can't, we can't do this. So there's a new tournament around, around the corner, right? So there's a new dream around the corner. Or do you try and make a stand? And as you say, how do you face those teammates? Do those players, do you know, for example, do they ever get a look in with this team again? Yeah. Or do you think, see, and as you say, being a player you will be replaceable. You get injured when you step away, someone else will grab that spot. And it's, it's, um, it's, a, it's a really sad condition. Uh, I think that was what was really empty about yeah, everyone was, you 
seen a lot of treatment with treatment to live in the press conference right afterwards and he effectively says, this is going to translate or interpreter, I mean I'll do it all again if I if this is the outcome. So I don't think we need the exact quote. I think we've heard that many times before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh my god, have you seen this tweet from the Spanish Federation? Oh, is it a real one? Is it a real one?
not taking that. It was fantastic. But I think to bounce off Sam, the way the country embraced it, and the moment it really stood out for me, you know, um, people have talked about it there. You see, in every sport, still, still when that yes. shootout was happening, yes. the same yes. game that just happened between Brisbane and Adelaide at the Gabba, um, before that game, the Adelaide coach, Matthew Nixon, said, yeah, I hope there's not too many fans say I enjoy watching the Matildas, because to be honest, I'd rather be watching the Matildas as well. <laughs> yeah. um, and then after the game, they actually paused the post-match pressure. Yes. So yes. both coaches, both me and Andrew, they yeah. all crowded around one phone, watching the Matildas <laughs> shootout. Yeah. Um, and it's amazing, it just showed that how much it's amazing. Because, yeah, like footy coaches or any sports coaches are, you know, they're like business is, it's like the game that you showed how much everyone had been captivated by it. Um, there was the, the game that happened um, between Carlton and Melbourne the FCG, where there's a really funny interview one of the Carlton players, Blake Jacobs, where he said, yeah, it's quite a time, and all of a sudden, they just think, because all these people had gone inside for the, they'd gone out of the stand, got inside for the extra time, and the, had a shootout. He's like, oh, I just started making all this noise. And I was like, what are they making all the noise for? And I look up, Stream and doesn't have the cheese. I'm like, surely they can't all be getting too excited about cheese. And then I clicked, like, well done. Um, but like, they're all cheering for the children. So that's how everyone realised. The way it just stopped everything, like, I think everyone's sort of community Facebook, every restaurant, every pub, if you weren't showing that band, you were nothing. Like, you were nothing. There's no one wanted a bar of you. And if you didn't know what happened, um, in that family shootout, you would just. Nobody. And the way the entire Australia, because as many of you will know, World Cup in Australia, I mean, 
waking up in the middle of the night, yes. suffering, <laughs> going to work, yes. and just doing that for a month, every four years or every two years, you know, you're following both the men and women's um, yes. world cup. So getting to explain to people that, like, it was all and then you could just like go to the bank after work, or you could just kind of like bump off school and go to the business at 12 p.m. on two days in a row. <laughs> yes. It was so, like, I, I don't think people understand that because a lot of the Europeans, and especially like the North Americans as well, like everything is so catered to them. Yes. The performance are always in their area or in their time zone. Yeah. Look at that shit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we, got this moment, but we still got to do it in a very Australian way, and I think of the wives like, in particular about how we got to do that. We got to do the World Cup the way we always do the World Cup, but it was at 8pm instead of 4am. It was just really lovely. So that was my serious cowboy. My not serious cowboy is while we're in the project Koala. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's the part we do there. Loved it. And it was 
friends. This room tonight is like, it makes me emotional because we built, I think, not really realizing this little community of people who really yeah. rallied around us, who rallied around the Matildas, who rallied around the Dove, who rallied around all of our weird opinions, who rallied around just like lots of really good stuff about what makes women's football really special. And I'm like, it's, I feel like it's, it's a, it's a really important thing to acknowledge sort of where all this kind of stuff starts because there will be people who came to this tournament the same way that we went to France they came with a bunch of friends that just wanted to be part of something big and maybe they come away with it feeling inspired maybe they come away with it feeling like they have a voice they have a story to tell so I hope that they go away from this one and feel like they can do what we did um, and hopefully we can invite them into our little circle as well and we can continue to grow because it's, it's honestly this is the best part of it is, is making friends and being part of all of this. So thank you. How good was the fourth post this World Cup? Thank you, genuinely. Sorry for the point. I'll be better. I'm going to Monday night after talking to Dan. I don't know how many people have flights Yes.